over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning, Arizona homeowners. Welcome to hour number three, our nine o'clock hour of our weekly radio broadcast. It's four hours long. Not all of our affiliates carry all four hours. So if you're just joining us from Prescott, KQNA, welcome to the broadcast. We've had a great show this morning. Seven o'clock, we talked horse racing. Eight o'clock, urban farming with Farmer Greg. Backyard chickens was our topic today. And now we go into our open hour where we talk about anything relating to your home, castle, or cabin that you, the Arizona homeowner, want to talk about. And we have had such a huge response from Rosie and Steve's super cooling broadcast. Was it the it was either the week before or the week before, but enough that we thought, you know what? We've got so many questions and so much of it, if you just listen to the entire interview start from finish, it answers those questions. But we just decided, you know what? Let's hit a replay of that interview which we have for you here of Rosie and Steve talking super cooling. Thanks, Romy. Appreciate that. We're in that time of year where we are flooded, inundated with questions about how to beat my summer cooling bill. We've got homeowners all over the desert floor curious on how to beat the man. How can I get my cooling done for next to nothing? Well, the right answer to that is you can't. <laughs> so we're... We're here with Mr. Steve Kep and Miss Gina Kep. Thank y'all for joining us this morning. You're welcome, Rosie. Yeah. Thank you, Rosie. And y'all have been in it, I mean, uh, longer than I've been in it. And it's just humorous in some ways and sad in some ways. By the time you or I get the phone call, it's a homeowner that spent $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, $30,000 or more on window packages, insulation packages, new high-efficiency air conditioning units, all for the sake of saving a couple bucks cooling their house in the summer. Correct. Yep, that's amazing. And where I'm trying to get everybody's attention to today is those aren't necessarily bad things. Those are all things your home very well could need. But there are other places to start, like don't spend a dime right. and see a return on investment of over 100%. Right. Do the free thing first. Where would, <laughs> where would we start, Steve? The very first and most important thing is rate selection. Most people are aware there are time-of-use rates. Uh, Scares them to death. It does. Scares them to death. It's the most economical rates out there. They should really embrace them, if you ask me, because the cost on those are substantially less. Virtually every utility in the state offers them. Correct. Yes, sir. And the time uh, on-peak times will differ from utility to utility. Like APS is 3 o'clock till 8, and SRP is 1 o'clock till 8 as on peak periods, but definitely embrace that time of use rate because on those rates, they're selling you power 85% of the time for a cost that goes back to the 70s. So take advantage of that. Uh, most people, what they don't do correctly in the supercooling, if you ask me, is they think, how warm can the house get before I'm uncomfortable when they really should focus, how cool can I keep this house before, before I get uncomfortable? I get uncomfortable? Yeah. 
and it scares them. It does. It scares them to hear that air conditioning running. Yes, it does. Uh, and they're actually, but you're buying power at 85% below the going rate. Correct. In all the rates that are out there, Steve, from all the utility companies, what's the most I can pay for a kilowatt? The most is 24 cents. Well, they actually have one that's 58 cents, but oh. nobody's ever been on it. <laughs> Holy cow. But 24 cents is the standard on-peak kilowatt hour cost. Okay. Off-peak, how cheap can I get it down to? SRP's off-peak is 3.9 cents. So I can buy exactly the same amount of electricity for 3 cents or for 24 cents? Correct. Big difference. But duh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, y'all's example, I think, is the best. When y'all ask people, look, if the filling station down the street is going to sell gas for $3 a gallon between 8 p.m. and 3 p.m., and between 3 p.m. and 8 p.m., they're going to sell it for $25 a gallon. When are you going to buy gas? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. It's exactly the same thing. It, it definitely is. And the people that don't go on a time of use, they're now paying the higher rate anyhow. So there's really, if you're on a standard flat rate, there's no downside to going to a time of use rate. If you go to it and do nothing to alter your lifestyle, your bill will probably still be less. Any standard rate. Go to a time of use yes, plan. Absolutely. Don't change one. Uh, and you can do that with a phone call. Yes. Yes. And how much does it cost to change plans? Zero. Zero. You can do so, it once every year. So you can change plans and for no cost and probably see your summer cooling bill go down virtually immediately. Immediately. If, the budget plan confuses that. It, it really does. The yeah. other day uh, I was listening to your show and Romy had a guy on that had his equalizer and it was 325 in a 2,000 square foot home. Yeah. What he probably doesn't realize is his high summer bill is 550. Yeah, it's 600. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all he sees is that equalizer. So that does kind of skew people uh, in their thinking of their electric bill. There's an argument for that. But as purists trying to work the science of power consumption, it makes it very complicated. Yes, it does. It's hard to get a homeowner instructed the right way to buy power, when to buy power, and what to do with it when you have it, much less understand the bill, which you have to understand if you go to the equalizer because they're constantly balancing that thing back 13 months and bringing it forward again, and it gets very confusing. Well, and we found a lot of our customers last year, APS made a major change in their rates in May of last year, which if people were watching their electric bills, they would have immediately seen it on their very next bill. Yeah. But they didn't. They waited for that equalizer to go up, 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 and here we are a year later, and the equalizer has gone up $150, and that's only because they weren't watching their monthly bill as to what is my actual bill this month. I don't care about the 12-month average, really. I tell you, when NAPS is our biggest utility provider, I don't want to pick on them. Power in Arizona is, see, if you're smart about it, power in Arizona is still pretty darn cheap. And who wouldn't want their air conditioner to come on 
in June, July, or August at 1.30 in the afternoon when it's getting pretty warm. So I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but when they made some major changes in the plans that they were offering last year, it scared me to death. But it ended up not being as big and bad a thing as I thought it was going to. And I agree. I was expecting a much higher increase in people's bills, and uh, there was a substantial increase in some bills, but nothing like I was expecting. Yeah. The thing I like to tell people when they call me and they say, I'm, I'm trying to work on my, my electric, they call it the electric bill, right? And I said, well, you're trying to work on the electric bill all year long, or are you happy with it in January, February, March? Oh, no, it's nothing then. It's... It's the summer. I said, well, that's your cooling bill. Right. That's not your electric bill. So we've got to figure out a way to cut your cooling. And if we let the cooler run at $0.03 cents a kilowatt instead of $0.24 cents a kilowatt, it can run eight times longer for the same amount of money. That's right. Exactly. It can run eight times as long, and you can store energy. Energy is energy. A BTU is a BTU, cooling is cooling, and it can be stored. And the best way to store that three-cent off-peak kilowatt hour to use during on-peak is by keeping your structure nice and cool. And that's why super cooling. And I'd rather think, uh, I'd call it comfortable cooling. Comfortable. Because super cooling insinuates you're going to freeze. And I always expect my house, we keep it 71. We allow it to float to 78, a seven-degree difference. Uh, we've got clients out there keep it 65, yeah. and they allow it to go to 85. They don't have to turn that air on at, at all. all during on-peak. They have a 98% shift of power to off-peak. So 98% of their bill is 3-cent kilowatt hours. And that's one of the things I'd like to talk to people about. You know, I was originally introduced to the concept of supercooling back in the 70s as a water skier at Soar Lake <laughs> because we would take the ice chests the night before and throw blocks of ice in them. And then the morning we head out to the lake, we'd put our soda pops in our water and another bag of ice, and the ice would last twice as long because we pre-cooled. That was before Yetis. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and But you would pre-cool your ice chest. And we're asking you to do exactly the same thing in your home. When the power's cheap, bring the thermostat down and let it cool the carpeting, the upholstery, all the clothes hanging in the, the foundation, closet, yes. the foundation, the, the inside of all the walls, and let it become a thermal mass of cool commodity. Correct. And then 3 o'clock hits and your air conditioners sleep for the majority of the my air conditioners except when it goes over 112 113 mine will click back on but until we go over 110 my air conditioners shut off at 245 in the afternoon and they don't come back on till 815 yeah yeah and most of our real super cooling clients will do that yeah the ones that are looking for a little more comfort they should really set thermostat at 71 when on-peak hits, radiates it to 78 or 80, yeah. let it stay there. And as soon as off-peak hits, bring it right back down again and leave it there. So we're talking about how to save money on your cooling 
bill in the summer. And the number one most cost-effective way to do that is make sure you're buying power on the right plan. If you want to make your move, you got to play it cool. Uh, what's that rule? Play it cool. Well, thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House. We're here this morning with our good friend Steve and Gina Kep from Advanced Home Systems. You've heard me talking about them for years and years as it relates to saving money on your summer cooling bill with their management computer, which I happen to have on every property I own, and you should as well. One of the things that scares people, Steve, when we talk about managing their power consumption is getting on the right plan. And we feel like for the great majority of homeowners in their own home, they should be on a demand-type power plan. Correct. Charges you one rate for power in a peak slot and then one much lower rate off-peak. And then what scares people about that is that the utility companies then add what's called a demand demand charge. Rate, demand charge. And, you know, you have two air conditioners and a pool pump turn on within five minutes of each other on peak. You could hit a pretty high peak, even if it only lasts for a little while. And then that high peak is what the utility company charges you, surcharges you, for the entire month. Right. So managing demand is scary to most homeowners. It is because they envision, you'll have to shut off my air conditioners and I'll definitely notice this and I can't dry clothes and I can't cook and all the things that you would imagine. Uh, However, the truth once you have it on your house is you keep your house at a very cool temperature. Cooler the better, that's up to you. Set your thermostat, leave it. You should never notice our, our equipment shutting anything off. It'll shut your water heater off, but you'll never notice it because it comes back on as you're using hot water. You'll never be without hot water. It may shut off air conditioners and bring them back on, but never to the point where your house warms up and is uncomfortable. It should never be brought to your attention that it's even on the house. Yeah, and when you fully understand the strategy of this buying off peak and keeping demand low it's the wave of the future all utility companies all across the country are going to be distributing their power absolutely just like in europe that's the only way they distribute power is those three factors on peak off peak and demand and so yeah that's another one where i think the consumer should embrace these demand rates because the beauty of a demand rate is the, the power is very inexpensive, back to the 1960s. They're saying use all the power you want. Just watch what happens during these five-hour period of time that not all of your appliances come on together and drain our system or strain our system. And the energy management computer manages that Correctly. automatically. You don't even have to think about it. Correctly. Okay. Correct. So one of the things that I like to tell people in trying to save money is before you spend thousands of dollars on the things you heard about at the home show that are going to save you. And they always talk about, some of them have gotten smart. They used to always say, save on your electric bill, save on your electric bill. And Steve, I think you and I are due some of the credit for getting them to quit saying that. They're saving on their cooling bill, cooling which bill. is a much different yes. bill. I tell people, look, 
Look at your March bill. Look at your October bill. That's probably your lowest, flattest load you're going to have all year long. Correct. March is at rest. That's when you're not air conditioning, you're not heating. It's your base load for your house to operate. Your lights, your cooking, your TV, your computers. So the March load, take a look at it. Then take a look at your highest load in July, August, or September. The difference is your cooling bill. Yes. And surprisingly, when people look at that, they find out, I don't really use that much more power. I mean, you do because you're air conditioning, but what occurs in the summer is they increase the electric rates by 30%. So it appears your bill went up because of your air conditioner, when in fact the rates go up 30% in the summer months. I don't think many people know that either. No. No. The utility companies are allowed to up their rate. I'm sorry about the beginning of the cooling season. May 1st. Yeah. Until November 1st. So that's where homeowners develop the attitude, I want to beat the van. Right. (laughs) Yes. That's where it comes from. (laughs) And you can. And you can do it by spending much less probably than you think you have to. Don't wait to spend $10,000, $20,000, or $30,000 on cutting your electric bill to give an installer of an advanced home system energy management computer a chance to get installed at your house and see what you can save just right out of the get-go. And they'll make sure you're on the right purchasing plan and get you all set up. It all comes with the price of the installation. So, Steve, Gina, thanks a million for joining us as we try and become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. I agree, Rosie. Thank you very much to have us on the show, and it's so good to have you back. Let's cover one more thing. People accuse me of being a power hog because I use this strategy and that I'm going to cause APS and everybody else to start building other power plants. It's quite the opposite. It is definitely the opposite. I like to talk to people when they say that because you, when you do that, are going so far out of your way to have that grid run efficiently so they don't have to increase power costs. So, no, and your usage is not that much more than a person that raises and lowers thermostats all day long. So, absolutely no. You're doing one of the best things you can, in my opinion, for the environment and longevity of our power system. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Continuing along in our open form hour, we used to call it open line hour, but the cell phones and the way people talk and communicate on phones and texting and email, uh, open phone, open lines doesn't really apply all that much anymore. We've got to find a, a new n- name for it, Gary, like the open form hour. Is that the, the open? The free form hour. Free form hour, something Rosie like fr- that. <laughs> Rosie free form. <laughs> yeah. But all housing related. Uh-huh. <laughs> for the most part, we did get a little distracted last week when we were at Sanderson Ford. That can happen when you're on remote and there are only non contractor partner but every contractor and every homeowner has to have a vehicle and we've been doing business with sanderson ford for a lot of years so but i have to say it sure was fun it it was a fun hootenanny and the hootenanny sales still going on today we've talked about it a few times the sales go through april 30th so if you can't make it out there today you at least have 
Monday and Tuesday of next mm-hmm. week. Middle of next and week. And especially if you're looking for an F-150, they've got them marked down over over $10,000 on some of the 150s. But I had a, a listener and both a uh, certified contractor. This is one person, a friend, certified contractor, and a listener. So I guess it's three people in one here. Wow. <laughs> uh, text me after the broadcast and said, I'd... I'm, I got to be honest. I was not going to tune in Saturday morning when I heard you guys were going to be live at Saturday, but I'm glad I did. Thanks for a great Saturday morning. I said, well, why would you not tune in? Said, said it was a remote. I thought it was going to be boring, but it was anything but boring. You guys did a great job of bringing local icons and keeping it interesting. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had the Arizona wildflowers, and I'd heard a little bit about them. Again, they ranged from ages 18 to 6, I think it is, or... But once they started playing fiddle and guitar and banjos, they sounded like a, a group that's been doing it for 20 years. And it's funny what a small world it can be. They go to church with some friends of ours that my our kids are real good friends with their kids in the rodeo circuit. Ah. And they go to church with this rodeo family at, mm-hmm. at a cowboy church somewhere out there in Maricopa, Casa Grande area. So small world, but we had some other local celebrities as our voices of Sanderson Ford, Al McCoy stopped by, Tim Hattrick from Tim Brook. Ben and Brooke. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brady Bogan called in. He had UFest. So it was a lot of fun talking with the other other supporters and uh, personalities for uh, Sanderson Ford. But with that said, that's why we didn't get our weekly how-to done last week. So we're going to cram two into this segment. The first one being gutters, and this is part of our weekly home maintenance calendar. Hmm. We mail it out for free. If you'd like a physical calendar, you can hang it up. And these are designed to then take and program into your Rosie on the House Home Zada app. It's an app that you can use to manage the maintenance and upkeep of your home. This, is a, this helps you keep it on your calendar. This helps you assign it to people in your family or assign it to professionals. Mm-hmm. If you need it done from somebody, uh, you don't have the time or you don't have the physical skills. You can inventory your home. You can manage projects. If you've got a room addition, a pool uh, add-on, you can help uh, manage your home's finances and sell it at some point down the road. And the goal of this is to help you keep your home updated and maintained to the point that if you had to sell it today, you could put it on the market without having to take a huge financial hit because of everything you've let slide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in our studio, we have a file cabinet in the back. Just picture that file cabinet disappearing and all the information is on your phone. No paper, no folders, no nothing. And it's a great competitive advantage to anyone else. Uh, If you've got three homes on a street for sale at once, some home that has everything recorded in it, how old the windows are, how old the roof is, uh, who was the last person that worked on your water heater, who you're using to service your air conditioning unit. You can use that as a selling advantage to someone else who's not uh, on a home, on the Rosie on the House home maintenance app. There was an article this week in Builders Magazine about Dallas shifting to a buyer's market and the likelihood that we're going to see that hit other major markets mm. throughout America over the next, you know, who knows how long. I, I don't get into projections. But if we are shifting to a buyer's market, it adds a great competitive advantage to uh, to selling your home against someone else. And uh, anyway, with that said, the weekly home maintenance how-to we're making up from last week is gutters. Now, we don't have a lot of gutters in Arizona. Uh, a lot of builders 
competitive building market out there. They're looking to cut costs every way they can. And one thing that goes is gutters. And they think, well, or they justify it. This is Arizona. Seven inches of rain a year in the valley. You don't, yeah. don't need it, blah, blah, blah. So we don't see a lot of gutters. But I will tell you, gutters in Arizona is still something that is very important. And I wouldn't cut the corners on if I was building a home. Uh, I don't know that it would be priority one for my home if I didn't have gutters right now <laughs> to go out there and get them. But here's why it is important. Even with seven inches, those come from only a few different storms slash seasons, generally speaking. This last winter was an exception, yes. But we get wet monsoon season. We usually have a wet uh, December-ish, January-ish time. And so those seven inches come in a very short period of time, and that's a lot of water on the ground in short period of times. And if those rains and those waters are pooling by your foundation, what happens with our clay soils in Arizona is when they get wet, they expand. When they dry up, they shrink. And you've, you've seen this out in the desert. You see this in washes where, you know, it, it looks like a dried skin. You can see the dirt cracking. That's from it all shrinking, and that's happening underneath your foundation, around your foundation, everywhere this moisture is gathering because we're not channeling all the water that's coming off of our roof and landing at the base of our foundation away from our foundation. So for the integrity of your foundation to keep moisture and standing water away from your concrete foundation, we highly recommend gutters. Especially if you're, you know, it's so easy to absorb into the cost of a new home. Um, it, it, it's one of those things that doesn't make sense not to do, especially if it's a pitched home. It's not like every single edge of your roof needs a gutter. It's just at the, you know, basically half of yeah, well, half of it. If you've yeah. got the pitch on two sides and the slope on two sides, you only need the gutters on the slope sides. So it's not like the entire perimeter of your home needs to have gutters. If it's a flat roof, uh, scuppers, a lot of them are just stuck six to eight inches out and allowed to drain and pool. Those are even worse because all the rain is getting channeled to these few little scuppers, and that's all the more water and moisture that's being added to that area of the ground. And if that gets clogged up, (laughs) (laughs) then you've got a little pool on your roof. You've got a little problem. So gutters are important. You've got to get up there. You've got to clean them at least once a year. Uh, that's I would have to say that's probably one thing that we could probably get away with in Arizona every three or four years, especially if you're in a home with, let's say, mesquite or Palo Verde trees who have all these little tiny leaves mm-hmm. instead of maybe if you've got three mulberry trees and you've got these huge, massive <laughs> type leaves to clog your gutter. Well, you know, you bring up the Palo Verde trees. There, it's a sea of yellow around here this time of year it with is. all the rain. It's, it's been amazing. a beautiful yeah. yellow once they get in the gutters, it could be a problem. So, yeah, you need to keep them clean. Uh, make sure that they're secured. Check and make sure all the bolt penetrations into the home are still strong. When that water gets pouring in there and it gets rushing through there, it could, you know, anything that's loose, it's just going to make it worse. And then make sure when, wherever it comes out, it's away from your home. There's a lot of things in water harvesting. Um, it hasn't been popular in Phoenix 
Tucson has embraced it a lot more. They get a couple more inches. They get a little more rain than we do. Mm-hmm. On on the annual average, so you see a lot more of it in Tucson and southern Arizona. But even still for Phoenix, if we were able to capture that water off of our roof and repurpose it somehow, you know, what does that save in not having to use water that we're either pumping out of the ground or channeling down from the CAP? You know, the more we can repurpose the water we get from the sky on our home, the less, you know, r- water use that's required and you know as this population continues to grow every little it's going to get down to the drop every every little little drop we can save (laughs) and repurpose is going to make a difference so that was last week's home maintenance how-to if you have gutters get them cleaned out and speaking of water the other (laughs) how-to pressure washing yes (laughs) this is introducing water Patios, driveways, walkways. This is a great time to pressure wash your home, which is this week's home maintenance how-to or pool decks. As we get into our swim season, we'll be outside a lot. We're transitioning from leisurely outside activities to swimming outside activities. So cleaning up and getting grime that's built up around the pool deck over the last year, um, cleaning off patios. And when you're pressure washing, the PSI is, is the big factor. How how big is the pressure and then the nozzle? There are different nozzles that are available for different jobs. Again, it's not like a standard garden hose. Uh, if you're not careful, you could take off a layer of skin. Yeah, you know? the, the electric ones are at about 1,800 PSI, and See? that will get the majority of most homeowner projects done. Sometimes... 22, 25, 28 in some cases. If we're trying to get like a rough stucco finish prep for paint, you might need something a little bit more than 18. But for cleaning the patio, you're not going to remove stains, uh, deep, deep concrete stains, but you'll get a good deep clean. And you've got a couple options. Once you've got it clean, there are sealers that you can use to help keep dirt from uh, – piling up or stains from food or drinks, sodas, and that makes it a lot easier to clean up once spills happen. Um, but you don't want you want to make sure your nozzle as well for a cleaning application, you're not going to be using a real circular pinpointed nozzle. You want a wide fan nozzle mm-hmm. for your cleaning and right. make sure you don't get too close. That can be very tempting to do. You get started and you're going okay, you're going okay, then you get a little closer, like, wow, that goes a lot faster. So then you even get closer, and then you start noticing the very fine cream, the cement cream that's on the concrete starts to to leave marks, and those marks, as it starts drying, you're like, oh, that's actually scratched, that's not wetness. So don't don't get more than, I'm going to say, in most cases, three inches is about as close to concrete as you want to get. When I, before I had my backyard redone, I had a little flagstone patio, and I did have a pressure washer to get a stain off. And I'm kind of just going about my business. All of a sudden, the top layer of the flag goes whoop, <laughs> up to the side. And uh, I think the flagstone, it was a good idea. to. Uh, it was getting old. It was anyway. time to replace, yeah, you say? It was time. So, A little deep spring cleaning now that... Uh, now we're that we're going to be spending yeah. our time out by the pool, um, get get the cool deck clean, get the patios clean, and 
That's your weekly home maintenance how-to. We cover it in the third segment of, what do we call it, our free-form hour? Yeah, Rosie on the House free-form hour. Our free-form home improvement hour. Could be something, uh, well, it's all related to home improvement or home uh, maintenance in this case, too. Home maintenance, it happens to the best of us, and we got to keep on top of it. We were talking in the last segment about rain and just how wet was it? Well, since October 1st, Sky Harbor International has received nearly double the amount of rainfall than normal. And Flagstaff received its heaviest snow day on record with nearly 40 inches. In one day. In one day. Yeah. And then there was a headline (laughs) shortly after that. Does a wet winter mean more bugs? Duh. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Wet means more of everything. Everything that lives needs water. So when you have more of it, you've got more of everything, including weeds. Going back to Flagstaff, (laughs) Snowbowl has announced they are going to extend the season through May, maybe the second week of May. You realize they've got an 80-inch base right now? Wow. How That's amazing. I know they make snow, so they can kind of add to it if need be and groom it correctly and all that but that's that's just a mind-boggling but that's great uh, i mean that's going to give us snow melt runoff for mm-hmm. you know into june easily if not if not later but that with that said yes the wetter season means more bugs so make sure your weeds are down make sure you mow your lawn a little bit shorter than maybe you normally like to make sure your trash piles of debris and uh, landscape debris are cleaned up don't give them a place to breed and grow, or they will. And we have a number of great articles in our DIY database at rosieonthehouse.com under the Homeowner Resources Do-It-Yourself Database, the categories Extermination and Pest Control, and it breaks down by insects, how to address them, how to get rid of them. Crickets is our most popular one, and then we've also got great certified pest control companies throughout the state if you need a regular service. I never thought I was going to be one that was going to have a regular uh, bug guy, but when we found uh, scorpions by the baby crib five years That's ago. That's a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't hasn't changed. Uh-huh. You hear us often talking about the labor and the need for skilled labor. Uh, something short-term that the Arizona legislation was did recently was SB 1401, which reduced restrictions for licensing for people that maybe have a trade that they were already performing and licensed in another state. It allows them to then come into the state and start performing their trade without a lot of the fees and licensing. And I know a lot of licensed businesses didn't necessarily like that because they had to go through it. Well, this didn't really say they don't have to. This just helps them get working faster to fill in that labor gap. And I think that's going to be definitely make an impact in the short term, but it doesn't do anything in the long term with training the next generation that we need of skills. Uh, you've got West Tech High School, great resource for anybody looking to get into trades. That's uh, East Valley Institute of Technology is a great resource for training into the trades. There's West Tech, I've heard, has a great reputation. I've seen two campus locations go up throughout, one by the Glendale Airport and one at Grand and Dysart. Hmm. And I've been look, 
wanting to look into them a little bit more because they tout themselves as you know trade trainers and it's a great way to make a living um there's nothing wrong with college but <laughs> let's be honest college isn't right for everybody yeah and, and uh, if you a, don't know what you want to do in college there's no reason for you to spend a hundred thousand dollars and be in debt uh, or or go get an education that doesn't warrant a, right. a, a career in the real world that that will ever be used for yeah, extensive <laughs> basket weaving I, I don't think that's going to work out that much but yeah i mean you can or or use the trades to pay for your college so you don't have the student mm-hmm. debt starting off life. You know, so what if it's not in four years? You know, maybe it takes you six or eight. Or like you said, you don't know what you want to do. Go into the trades for a period of time till you figure out what you want to do. I can tell you when I came out of high school, I couldn't have told you what career path I was going to take or mm-hmm. what business I was going to be into or anything like that. So it, it's... It's a start being able to let skilled people from other states come in and get to work faster, but we've got to still figure out how to get shop back into the schools, I think, is the biggest the biggest uh, thing we can do. Right. And, of course, Mike Rowe of the Dirty Jobs Show, he's been the... Uh, he's been banging that drum for many, many years with his programs, trying to get people interested in a skill. He has. And we've got to somehow all come together because you've got the Farm Bureau is looking for their labor. You've got trades are looking for their labor. You've got mechanics looking for their labor. And they're all fighting in that same pool where if they came together and promoted the future that you could have in these trades, it could promote more people into the skilled labor industry and increase the number of candidates that you have for labor instead of all fighting for the same the same small resource we have. So I don't have the answer. We're looking for the answer. Our partners are looking to us for the answers. Our homeowners are looking to us for answers when they need a contractor that uh, to provide the work. And they call our guys and they're like, well, we're six weeks booked out. Why well, I need someone today. Well, <laughs> if you want a skilled labor, it's going to take you six weeks. So everyone's looking for an answer. We don't have it. I think somehow it, it has to start with getting shot back into school. So anyway. Have a great program coming up next hour, wrapping up our entire month on hard surfaces. We've got Vaughn Payne with East Valley Floors talking countertops, well, talking flooring, hard surfaces, and this new WPSFTPM. I don't know. There's a lot of acronyms. We'll get them all uh, covered here in the next hour. Rosie on the house.